From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm your host, Amanda Icone. Typically on this podcast, we bring you analysis of the latest in the tax and accounting world. But today we're doing something a little different. The coronavirus pandemic and its stay-at-home orders and economic crash has changed the way everyone works. And we wanted to see how accountants are being affected and what their new normal is like, both professionally and personally. We spoke with four different accountants in four different parts of the country and asked them, how's it going? You'll hear from Tom Ford, the CFO of a logistics company outside of Baltimore, plus Miklos Ringbauer, the head of a 10-person tax and accounting firm in Southern California. Joanna Simic is a tax partner at BKD in Chicago, and Nicole Davis runs her own firm with her husband outside of Atlanta. They spoke to us about working from home, figuring out what their clients need, and what life will be like after all this is over. It's a new world and we're getting better at it. It is very challenging, I must say, uh, this new normal. Well, it's definitely different. Yeah, I mean, it's changed a lot, obviously, from how things were before. I uh, I get to spend a lot more time with my family than I, I was previously, which has been a nice perk, right? I've got the best commute in the world these days. I just kind of go upstairs to the home office. My name is Joanna Simic. I am a partner with BKD. My name is Nicole Davis, and I am a CPA at Butler Davis Tax and Accounting. My name is Miklo Schringbauer and I'm a principal of Miklos CPA. Ford, it sounds just like the car when you pronounce it, but it's spelled F-O-A-R-D. And I am actually operating out of our master bedroom. Deciding that I'm gonna log into my computer every day by the same time, roughly every day, and and work and have lunch at the same time, and then kind of sign off around the same time. Uh, Just having that built-in routine, it helps you stay focused, it helps you stay structured. We do have a home office, which helps, but we also have three kids that are home with us. Um, So our new normal is waking up, fixing breakfast. Um, We pretty much have the same breakfast, eggs, toast, bacon. Then we homeschool the kids from about 10 to 12, and then we put them down for naps. So naps are non-negotiable in our house because it's probably the only time... (laughs) It's probably the only time that we're going to get 90 minutes to two hours of uninterrupted work time. And so it's not unusual for us to have as many as three different conference calls going on at the same time here. And then we wrap up around 5.30. We do the whole dinner, baths, bedtime stories, put the children in the bed, and then we go back to our home office and try to work as much as possible again until about 10 or 11. And there have been a lot more conference calls. Yes, we can reach out, we can send an email, we can text each other. But sometimes, you know, if you are in the zone or if you are addressing a client or a situation, you may not know that the other party is available or not. The people that I work with, we have a fantastic group. And just being able to have those impromptu moments with them, whether it's in the break room or just kind of walking around, you want to stretch your legs a little bit, you get up, you kind of walk around, you talk to people, see how they're doing. You overhear some conversations going and you want to get curious as to what's happening is, is, you, you know, you kind of miss that camaraderie. People are very sensitive to making sure that 
everyone's in the loop. And so what I've noticed is uh, with respect to emailing or text messaging, even on conference calls, people are making sure that certain people are on the calls, they're on the email threads. We have video calls, we have Zoom, we have Skype, we have these really great trivia games or different kinds of ways that our HR department has kind of gotten us to socialize in a virtual environment, which I really enjoy and they're fun. But it is, it, you know, of course, it's, it's just different. Like, it's really, really hard to focus. Um, some days I'll get up, go to, um, go sit in front of my computer, and I'll just totally blank out what I'm supposed to do for that day because I have so many other things that are trying to get my attention and so many other things I could be doing that I find it hard to focus. I think it sneaks up on people. Uh, you get through the first couple days you're kind of okay it's a little like a mini staycation and then after you know a week or so and then a couple weeks roll by and it just keeps going and I think when you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel saying okay we will go back to being quote-unquote normal again in two weeks or three weeks it's just kind of this indefinite extension. We have to find the right balance and I encourage them to if they are too tired for the day, just take the rest of the day off and enjoy a little quality time, whether it's watching TV or, you know, do anything else but accounting. For me, I think it helped me to just slow down. You know, being a firm owner, we have so many different priorities. We have our clients, we have vendors, we have um, our family at home who's also dependent on us to, you know, be present with them. And sometimes we can't be fully present because we have all these other nagging priorities. And so I was up late one night and I, and I got up in the middle of the night because I wasn't stressing about clients, you know, um, stressing. Like, I really want my clients to, to survive this. But that wasn't what was stressing me. What was stressing me is that my one-year-old was actually like his dad more than he liked me because I'm not able to spend that time with him that, like, like I didn't realize, like, me not being fully present was having an effect on him that you don't see until they start, you know, displaying it through their actions. And I noticed that when one Saturday morning, he woke up, walked into our room, got in the bed, and me and my husband both laying there. And he went over to my husband and kissed him awake. He just looked at me. I was like, where's my kiss? <laughs> I was like, okay. I have to admit, I'm a little bit uh, burned through on the day as much as I can. And there are other days when I take it a little bit easier, depending on the day and uh, client requests that we have. Um, I'm not as well maintaining those, you know, take the break rules as I tell my team to do. You really begin to understand the level of loyalty and competence, integrity that your employees have uh, to the company and to their teammates and to their families, and they re have really stepped up. In some ways, the environment has allowed us to get to know our clients better than we have in the past. Okay, how can we provide more value to our clients during this period of time? How can we make sure that 
they survive so that we survive in the long run. The good part is I can see the team now even pushing harder than they have ever done before. Uh, the dedication and their desire that they even look the client work much harder because they understand that this is a life and death situation for some clients. You know, some clients doing really, really well and some other clients are having very tough time. And the team members are now taking the client work much closer to heart because they are all rooting for every single of our clients to succeed. You really got to know what they're facing. What, what has happened to their sales? What has happened to their workforce? How are they dealing with it? What kinds of questions are they getting from their workforce? And when you can talk to your clients about maybe some very difficult decisions they've had to make about furloughs, layoffs, pay reductions, you know, these are people maybe they've worked with for 20, 25 years, and you have to go through that. It's, it's, I can't imagine having to make that decision. This time has also allowed me to take a step back to just focus on the business. I think as professionals, we focus, we work so much in the business, but now that, you know, clients are still demanding and they, they still need to be provided the service we offer, but at the same time, they're, they're kind of giving us some breathing room to, to have us refocus on, okay, what is our mission? Like, who do we want to serve? How do we want our business to look after this post pandemic? A lot of people will still have a lot of fear about going back to work, even if they the states open up. There's just a lot of folks who would still feel uncomfortable. We went to Zoom, like a lot of people have, even when we go back to a quote-unquote normal office environment. I think those tools will continue to be used in our organization. Accountants always thought of that they are not flexible. They are, you know, you know, like to sit behind the desk and not talk to people. That type of accounting has stopped many years ago. And um, all the firms who are adopting and making able to the changes um, to support the clients and or the clients who are currently not being well supported to show them that you have resources and abilities to get them where they need to go. I do think that they see us more as advisors now. Um, over the last few weeks, so much guidance has been issued that even some tax professionals and accounting professionals are like, their eyes are like glossing over from all the different changes. So, so when you have a business owner who has, who has to sort through all those changes, it can be overwhelming. They have that on top of trying to run a business and keep it open and keep employees on board. It can be a lot. So with that, clients definitely see us more as advisors now, as problem solvers during this time. And so I think those that value having that advisor role um, will be here for the long term. That was Tom Ford, Miklos Ringbauer, Joanna Simic, and Nicole Davis. You can find up-to-the-minute news on the latest developments from the nation's capital at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. Today's episode was produced by Amanda Icone and David Schultz. It was edited by Kathy Larson. That's it for this week's episode. From Washington, I'm Amanda Icone. Thanks for listening.
When it comes to the environment, there are, let's say, a lot of moving parts. Climate change, air pollution, water pollution, chemical contamination, endangered species, renewable energy, super fun, asbestos, recycling, lead, mold, radon, stormwater... That's where Parts Per Billion comes in. Join me, David Schultz, on the Parts Per Billion podcast every Wednesday to sort out everything that's going on in the environment, from the courts to Congress to your backyard. Download and subscribe to Parts Per Billion wherever you get your podcasts, and thanks for listening.